reading is Matthew 2, chapter 7 to 18. Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report back to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen, when it, when it rose, they went ahead. It went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When approaching the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream to go back, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child and kill him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. They stayed there until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled that the, what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Now when Herod realized he had been duped by the three kings, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is the gospel of Christ. Thanks, Vic. So this week we went away for Christmas and we travelled away to see my parents. And when you travel, you need to pack so I'm going to need some help. Have I got anyone here who could help me pack? Because I've got a list of things. 
that I need to pack in my suitcase. Zara, can you help me? Lacey, can you help me? Do you want to come and help? Come on. But everyone else might need to be your, like, looking around and seeing if you can see any of these things. So I've got a list. What I need you to do is find the things and get them in my suitcase. So I'm looking for a towel. Can anyone see a towel? That's, uh, that's my blanket. But yeah, we could take that one. Can we take the blanket? Can someone get the blanket? There's a towel at the back over there. Can you see at the back? On the, can anyone see on the radiator at the back? There's a towel. Get it in, my, in here. I need a pillow as well. Lacey, I think there's a pillow just poking out behind the pew at the back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we come and put that in? Uh, can anyone see my jeans anywhere? I need some jeans. Uh, not these ones. I'm not going to put these in. Don't worry. It's not that kind of sermon. Uh, T-shirts. Anyone see my T-shirts and my pajamas? My pajamas. Can, can you get my pajamas? Oh, brilliant, Zara. Thank you. Oh, come on, guys. Can you get it in? Squash it in. Squash it in. Um, oh, I need my toothbrush. Can anyone see my toothbrush? Yeah, and the toothpaste. I'm going to maybe take one each. Right, put that in. Uh, and I need my shampoo and my bubble bath, of course. Is it a bit broken? Yeah, I need a new one, don't I? Anyone want to pop those in? Yeah, thanks, Lacey. Get that in. Oh, and um, need some snacks for the journey. Some snacks for the journey. I've got too many mince pies. Crushing my toothpaste here. Okay, pop those in. Uh, I've got some books, just in case I want to read. Can you put those in as well? Um, right, now can you shut it for me? Oh, no. You know, sometimes... Okay. Oh, are you going to manage? Oh, 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 she's doing it. She's doing it. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 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 we've got it. Oh, we got it. Yeah, we've done it. We've done it. Yeah. Let's give them a big cheer. Well done, guys. Do you know, we, when we go away, we hire a car because we don't have a car. And I went to pick up the car last week, and it was this tiny little white car. It looked really good. It was brand new, and I've never before had someone walk down the street and go to me, nice car. So I felt pretty good about that. But the boot was about this big. So we were like, right, we're going to have to open half the presents before we go to Christmas because we can't take them with us. We have to hope that my parents have got two cots because we haven't got any cots. Um, sometimes you can't fit the stuff in that you need to take. Now, in our story today, Jesus had just been born, but he had to rush away in the middle of the night. Now, we had time to think through my list and think about what we might, would pack in our suitcase. But imagine there was a disaster and you had to run away from home just like that. You wouldn't know what to take. You'd be furiously grabbing stuff out of your drawers. You wouldn't have anywhere to put it. And you'd be a little bit scared and you'd rush away. So we get to like take our time to pack things nicely, to think about what we need. But Jesus had to leave in a moment. They had, there was an emergency and they just had to go straight away. Imagine how they would have felt. A little bit worried, a little bit scared, a little bit uncertain. Now, does anyone know why did they have to go? Who was the nasty person in our story? Does anyone know what was his name? King Herod. And King Herod was a big bully. He was a big bully. And he was pretty mad because someone had told him that this baby in the manger was going to be a king. Now, Herod was the king, and Herod decided that wasn't good enough. Do you know what? 
I think Herod just didn't get it. God had sent the baby to show everyone that he loved them. God had sent his son to show Herod that he loved him. But when we don't understand that we are truly and unconditionally loved, we can turn to things like bullying to assert our status and our power. And I'm sure a lot of us have experienced bullying ourselves, whether that might be at school a long time ago or whether that might be actually more recent, maybe in our workplace, maybe in our, even in uh, our friendship groups or even our family, we can experience bullying. And I'm sure if we're honest with ourselves, maybe a few of us here would also admit that we sometimes have joined in with the bullying of others. Because sometimes we don't get that God loves us so much that we don't need to do that. We don't need to assert our status or our power over others. And bullying happens in the world today on a massive scale. I'm sure some of you have heard the news this week that loads of people have been taking a dangerous journey from France to England to try and get to safety. And these people are running away, just like Jesus had to run away. They are running away because people have resorted to using violence. People have been fighting and there have been wars in their homes. And whatever we think about the political fallout of this, we know that actually Jesus identifies with people like this because he too had to run away. And also, there's another group of people I want us to think about today. This is a church in Syria that has been completely destroyed by ISIS. But I love this picture because the cross remains, doesn't it? Even though they've destroyed the church, the cross is still there. And all around the world, there are millions and millions of people who are Christians like us. But because they're Christians, they're in danger for their lives. Because where they live, you're not allowed to be a Christian. Where they live, people will attack you and put you in prison and even do worse things to you because you're a Christian, and yet they persist in their faith, and they are like Jesus as well, because Herod was trying to get Jesus because of who he was. So today we remember refugees, and today we remember the persecuted church. And we've got a little activity over here, which I thought some of the young people and children might like to do. We've got some coloring, but also we've got some facts about refugees in the persecuted church you might have to, like to have a look at, you might like to stick on. So any of the kids who want to, you guys can go uh, uh, over here for a few minutes. Ben's going to be there, um, and you can have a little look at those. You know, Christmas is about Emmanuel. It's about God with us. We sang that song on Christmas Day, A Humble Girl Gives Birth to Hope for All the World. This is Emmanuel, God with us. And yet when I read this story, particularly that brutal and tragic bit at the end, my biggest question is, where is God? Because just after the high of Christmas, it seems like God isn't there. It seems like God isn't answering people's prayers. The cruelty of Herod massacring babies to guard his, against his own insecurity and pride while Jesus has gone to Egypt seems to sum up what many of us face when we look at the world and we think there is all this pain and suffering. Where is God? What would drive people to have to risk their lives on a voyage across an ocean because of the pain and suffering caused by war and famine and persecution. Where is God? In the face of the Herods of this world, where is God? The feeling of Christmas can fade quickly. And the feeling of absence and pain 
can linger longer. It's often in my moments, having just seen God do some amazing things, that I can feel most low and most far from God and most wondering what it's all about. And I think if we're honest, we've all been in places like this where we've questioned, where is God? Either on a global scale or on a personal scale where actually we feel distant and alone. Often if we look at our world, if you look at the news, the power of violence, the power of the bully seems stronger than the power of love. If we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest at what's going on, it can feel like that. Who is Herod today? Who is Herod in our world and in our lives? We can look at those who promote violence. We can look at leaders of countries who are hungry for power. We can look at those who are only pursuing their own gain at the expense of others. We can look at those who persecute the church, who uh, oppress minorities. But have you considered, looking a little closer to home, have you considered the way our actions can contribute to inequality and unfairness in the world? Have I considered the way that actually I'm quite happy living my comfortable life? And while I might be sad when I hear, see those pictures on the TV of refugees, do they really move me to change? Do they really move me to do something about it? When I go shopping, do I take seriously that the things that I buy, that, that in their production, there may have been the enslavement of people. There may have been people who have been paid a pittance so that I can wear some nice clothes or own a nice mobile phone. Do we take seriously the Herods in our lives? Because actually, Herod isn't just out there, but he's in here. Because some of these things have a grip on our hearts. Sometimes God can seem absent because we're striving for the wrong things. I know for me, I can often struggle with jealousy. When I look at other people, when I see their success, when I see the way that other people admire them, when I hear others talked well of, often shamefully the first reaction in my heart is, why don't they talk like that of me? Rather than being blessed and loving for what others have achieved. And that's fueled by my insecurity, which is actually what fueled Herod and his brutal and cruel treatment of those children. Actually, if I look at my own heart, I see that gripping me too. And I wonder, where is God? Is there hope for me? Or have I strayed too far from him? I just want to look at this story and draw out two points of good news from this story. And the first point of good news is right at the end. It talks about the women of Bethlehem. And in this tragic scenario, it says something there. It says they mourned for their children and they refused to be comforted. And sadly, like many other women in the Bible, their names are not mentioned. And they're glossed over in a moment. And yet we know that these women must have stood up for their helpless children. We know that they must have flung their bodies in the way of violence. They must have chosen a path of resistance to the violence of this world. And where the empire of Rome wanted them to go quietly into the night, it says they refused to be comforted. 
they would not be silenced even in the face of tragedy. And around the world today, we see this creative form of resistance to the powers of this world. This picture is of Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, there is a huge wall built by the Israeli settlers to oppress the Palestinian people. And yet on that wall, in this creative act of resistance, people choose to put these slogans that love wins, this lie cannot live. There's something there that says 1 Corinthians 13, let us love. In the face of oppression, people choose to resist. And that's just like the church, because we know all around the world the church is persecuted for its faith. And in those places of persecution, the church stands up and says, no, we will continue to love. We will continue to hope. We will even pray for those who are persecuting us. In China, the church now stands at at least 100 million members. Some people estimate that it's over 200 million Christians in China. In one of the countries that has been most heavily persecuted over the last 30 years, the church has grown because people have resisted the threat of violence. But there's something else. Because for us, some of these stories can seem distant. But the power that Herod or evil has over our lives is all too real. And maybe you're facing this next year with the very real power of pain oppressing you. Maybe it's an addiction that you can't shake free of. Maybe it's a way of thinking that just persists and entraps and enslaves you. Maybe it's a situation at work. Maybe it's a relationship even in your family. that Actually, you think, I just can't get that right. What is the hope for us? Well, in the passage, it says that Jesus went as a refugee to fulfill the prophecy, out of Egypt, I called my son. And this is a little hint to a story in the Old Testament of Moses. The people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And through Moses, God used Moses to come and bring freedom and liberation to his people. And Matthew is saying God is doing the same thing in Jesus. Because actually, maybe God is absent or seems absent. Because in those moments of desperation, Maybe those moments of desperation are where we are about to see his light and his hope break through. If you are feeling absent from God, if you are feeling like facing 2019 is going to be difficult, if you are feeling that for yourself or for the life of someone close to you, then one option is just to try and stuff your suitcase full of more things. New Year's resolution after New Year's resolution. I'm going to do better this year. The other option is to admit your powerlessness over Herod. Another option is to admit that you cannot do it yourself, that you need the power of someone else. Because just as Moses delivered the people from Egypt through the blood of a lamb, God is not absent in this story, but he is walking the road towards the cross. And on the cross, God faces death for all of us. And he goes through death because in the pain and tragedy of death, God says, that is where resurrection can happen. And so we have a choice when we face things, whether they're big or small in our lives. 
Do we try our best to deal with them ourselves? Or do we resist evil through saying that we are helpless? But God has made a way. God has called Jesus out of Egypt. And God has called you out of Egypt. Where is the place this year that you are going to struggle? Where is the place this year where you need his help? Will you ask him to come? Will you recognize that in his absence, he is present? That he is faithful to you? And maybe in those times of struggle, God is calling us to look for the light that's going to break in. Ben's going to come and lead us uh, in a song, which we might, I don't think we've done in the morning before. So Ben's going to sing, you might know it, you might not. Ben's going to sing through the first verse for us. We're going to stay seated for the first verse. If you know it, feel free to join in. Um, and then after the first verse, we're going to stand together. But it's all about the divide between us and God. It's, it goes, how great the chasm that lay between us. There, was, there is nothing you can do to sort your life out except ask God for his help and recognize that in Jesus it is already done. It is achieved. So let's sing together.